Okay, let's see. It is uh, 13 November, Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Brainless or brain dead? That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. I've got an article to read. I just printed it off this morning. I didn't have time to include it in the regular thing, but uh, Jerusalem Post from this morning, UN votes to take Israeli occupation of Palestine to Hague International Court. You know, whether you agree with Israel or not, whether you like the Jews or not, all you have to do is look at stuff like this and you can say the Bible stands true. That's all you have to do. The UN General Assembly voted 98 to 17 to seek an advisory opinion from the International Court of Justice on the illegality of Israel's occupation of Palestinian territories on the grounds that it can be considered de facto annexation. The resolution specifically asked the ICJ for an opinion on the status of Jerusalem, which is one of the most volatile and contentious points of discord between Israelis and Palestinians. The broad-range resolution also ignored Jewish ties to its holiest site, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Never mind that that's all that they ever find when they dig around there is Jewish things, (laughs) referring to it solely by its Muslim name of Al-Haram Al-Sharif, meaning the Noble Sanctuary. They're just erasing history as they go. That's all they're doing. They're just erasing history as they go. Israel, the U.S., Canada, and Australia were among the nations who opposed the ICJ referral when the U.N. General Assembly Fourth Committee held its preliminary vote on Friday in New York. In recent weeks, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken asked Palestinian Authority Mahmoud Abbas not to put the resolution to a vote and lobbied like-minded countries to oppose it. The issue must get final approval from the full UNGA before going to The Hague. Prime Minister Yair Lapid warned that the vote could ignite more violence from the Palestinians. So there you go with that. All right, let's see here. From The National, Rishi Sunak, he's the new prime minister over in the UK. He scraps Liz Truss's plan to move the UK embassy to Jerusalem. I said that would happen three weeks ago. There you go. A week into his new role, a representative of the conservative leader said his view on the matter was at odds with Liz Truss and confirmed he would not be proceeding with her proposal. There are no plans to move the UK embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv. A representative for Mr. Sunak told reporters that Mrs. Truss's plans had been looked at before announcing the prime minister's decision. I'm sure they looked at it and chucked it in the garbage, but... From Al Jamainer, Netanyahu may shift Israeli policy on arms supplies to Ukraine, says Kiev's ambassador in Tel Aviv. We'll see if that happens. Times of Israel. Russia said to threaten retaliation if Israel supplies defense aid to Ukraine. Russia's warned Israel that it will retaliate if Jerusalem sends defensive weapons, not even offensive weapons, defensive weapons to the Ukraine. Bloomberg News reported that Russia would respond if Israel passed along air defense systems directly or through a third party to the Ukraine. The report did not specify what action Moscow might take. Jerusalem is seen to warm to the idea of supplying defense equipment as Iran supplies the Kremlin with attack drones. 
Prime Minister Lapid told Ukraine's foreign minister in October that Moscow's ties with Tehran put the whole world in danger. However, the coming change of government in Israel leaves future policy under question. From the Al Jamainer, ex-U.S. ambassador to Israel, Biden administration unlikely to work with Ben Gavir and Smotrich. These are right-wing people that they do not want to deal with. Former U.S. Ambassador to Israel, Daniel Shapiro, said he thinks it's unlikely that Biden admin will directly engage with Itamar Ben-Gavir and Bezalel Smotrich of Israel's Religious Zionism Party, should they gain cabinet seats in a Benjamin Netanyahu-led government. They are advocates of racist and bigoted policies. They engage in anti-Arab incitement. Shapiro said, and that's inconsistent with President Biden's strong defense of global democratic values, which have always been shared by Israel values as well. Now, how does that fit in with a guy that has demonized 50% of his own nation, that has called them extremists and domestic terrorists, 50% of the nation, and he's worried about these guys over there? Nonetheless, Shapiro believes that the strong relationship between the U.S. and Israel governments will not be jeopardized. Biden and Netanyahu know each other very well, and they'll certainly be able to work together. And yeah, and the U.S. always will work with the Israel government on mutual interests. And Biden's commitment to Israeli security and his respect for its democracy cannot be called into question. I call into question anything that goes on in that guy's head. Anything. Al Jameiner. House Democrats urge Israel to be left out of U.S. visa waiver program, citing discriminatory policies. If you don't know what this is, U.S. visa waiver program is a program where countries like Japan, they become industrialized enough, they no longer need to have visas because they know these people are going to come on vacation, they're going to spend money, they're going to go back, just like we would to any country. Okay, that's what it is. Lesser wealthy countries have to get visas because the people want to come here and stay. Well, that's kind of a pointless program if you've got 5 million people coming over the southern border, but this is what the Democrats are finding important at this point in our history. 20 House Democrats sent a letter to U.S. Secretary of State Blinken urging him to keep Israel out of the U.S. visa waiver program because of restrictions Israel places on some U.S. citizens at Israeli border crossings and the West Bank, noting that U.S. law requires reciprocity between governments in order to be considered for the VWP. The letter says that Israel has consistently refused to extend fair treatment to U.S. visitors attempting to travel through Israeli-controlled entry points and that Americans face discrimination at Israel's borders. I can tell you I've been there and that does not happen. The letter, which was organized by Representative Dan Beyer, who's a Democrat, was signed almost entirely by members of the House Progressive Caucus. It further urges blinked out or blinked in to uh, pressure Israel to withdraw any discriminatory regulations imposed by Israel's coordinating office for government affairs in the territories. So there you go with that. Okay, we got some news from Christianity here. Um, somebody sent me an article a week and a half ago, and I read it, and I was so angry. I was so angry. I immediately, I, I just stopped everything I did, and I, I immediately emailed the guy that did this thing. I was that angry, and I waited a week and a half to see if he would respond, and he didn't, so I'll read you what I sent him. This is from RTE. <clears throat> Carrie Bishop, 
apologizes after homily causes controversy. The bishop apologized for somebody under him after this guy under him causes controversy. The Catholic Bishop of Kerry, and this is in Ireland, has apologized for a controversial homily delivered to mass-goers in Listowel, saying the views expressed were not representative of the Christian faith. Bishop Ray Brown's comments came following a sermon by retired priest Sean Shahi, deputizing for the parish priest of Listowel, Friar Declan O'Connor. In his homily at St. Mary's Church, Friar Shahi said people rarely hear about sin, but he said it is rampant in legislation. He went on to make disparaging marks about abortion. Now, this is a Catholic that's getting down on this guy for saying abortion is wrong, transgenderism, and homosexuality. A number of people left the church in protest at the priest's homily. Today, the Bishop of Kerry published a statement on the issue on the diocesan website. In his statement, Bishop Brown said he was aware of the deep upset and hurt caused by the contents of the homily in question delivered over the weekend. He apologized to all who were offended. So he's apologizing to people that are offended, saying the views expressed do not represent the Christian position. The homily at a regular weekend parish mass is not appropriate for such issues to be spoken of in such terms, the statement added. Bishop Brown said the gospel is a gospel of love and ever proclaims the dignity of every human person. It calls on us all to ever have total respect for one another. Friar Sheehy has stood by his homily, good for him, and as said, Bishop Brown informed him that he was being removed from the mass roster in Listowel. I was so mad when I read that. This is to the Bishop of Cary. Ray, I am a pastor in Sarasota, Florida. I read about your appalling and unholy stand on Friar Sheehy's homily. I'm not sure how arguing against abortion, transgenderism, and homosexuality does not represent the Christian position. I'm not sure if you have ever heard of it, but there is a book we call the Holy Bible. It is the only source that tells us about the workings of God in Christ. It reveals him and he reveals the Father to us. In other words, you cannot know God without knowing Jesus Christ and you cannot know Jesus Christ unless you know the Bible. I would direct you to even the last page of this Holy Bible among numerous other New Testament references. I can provide them if you cannot find them that tell us what you have said is absolutely contrary to the theology of the New Testament as given under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. As far as being offended, I would tell you that your stand has offended me, a believer in Jesus Christ and a proclaimer of his gospel. So do I now deserve an apology from you for your offensive anti-Christian stand? The answer is yes, but I certainly doubt it is forthcoming. As for the gospel, you say it ever proclaims the dignity of every human person. A little redundant, but we'll go with it. Does that mean that it condones the perversion of every human person? Your redundancy, not mine. You also said it calls on us all to ever have total respect for one another. Do you even know what the gospel is? I bet you could not quote it to me. I would love for a response telling me where the gospel says what you say it says. And more, isn't an unborn child a person? Where is the respect for that child when it is torn apart limb 
by limb before it is drawn from its mother's womb and cast into a garbage can. You are leading people to the final judgment where they will not be prepared for the appropriate answer when it is asked. You and they will be cast into the lake of fire because you put religion above the sacredness of a personal and intimate relationship with the Creator as it is offered through the giving of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. I would ask you to change your mind, turn, and be healed. But I know the lure of power and position. I suppose my pleadings will be in vain. I wish you well when you stand before him at the great white throne and have to give an account for your unholy response to an issue that was certainly appropriately addressed by your lowly friar Sheehy, whom you have excoriated instead of applauded. I do wish you well, sincerely, and from one who is in Christ, and so on, Charlie Garrett. Excellent, Charlie. Yes. From RTE. The same issue. Minister calls for apology for priests' disgraceful comments. This is an open homosexual in the uh, ministry, the foreign ministry of Ireland. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs has called for an apology for disgraceful comments made by a priest in co-carry during a mass in Listowel at the weekend. Speaking to reporters in Belfast, Minister Simon Coveney said the remarks were disgraceful. I think they're disgraceful comments, and I think they're a reflection on the person that made those comments good rather than anything else, and they should be withdrawn, and there should be an apology, he said. Well, he's not getting one from Friar Sheehy, I can tell you that. Gateway Pundit. Germany's foreign office ordered removal of 482-year-old cross in Munster before godless G7 meetings. There it is on the wall. It's the same thing that Obama did. It's the same thing that Biden has done. Either take down or cover up the cross. Yeah. Ah, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa today. Zero hedge. Britain's spending almost 7 million pounds a day on hotels for asylum seekers. The British government is currently, you know, they've got veterans sleeping in the streets all over that country. People that have served their nation, just like in the U.S., and they're living on the streets and nobody will take care of them. British government is currently spending $6.8 million a day on housing prospective asylum seekers and Afghan nationals in hotels across the country. Hearing testimony from the Home Office staff and border chiefs, UK lawmakers sitting on the Parliamentary Committee were briefed that over 38,000 prospective asylum seekers had landed in Britain via the English Channel in 936 small boats so far this year while a further 28,000 crossing attempts have been thwarted by French authorities. From the Times of Israel, Turkish president says Israeli elections, the results won't derail reproachment. Turkey's president Erdogan insisted that his country would maintain its recently refreshed relations with Israel, no matter the outcome of the vote. Whatever the election result, and this was just before the elections were published, we want to maintain relations with Israel on a sustainable basis, based on mutual respect for sensitivities and common interests. Jerusalem and Ankara have slowly renewed ties over the past year, following over a decade in which the relationship was strained amid Turkish protests of Israel's treatment of Palestinians, particularly in Gaza. Israel also expressed anger over Ankara's support for Palestinian terror group Hamas. Netanyahu, who was leader during most of that period, sparred vociferously with Erdogan on several occasions, with the two often leveling angry public 
attacks at each other, including accusing each other of genocide. So we'll see if that actually happens, if they maintain the relations that he said they would maintain. But I wanted to put that in because Netanyahu is just getting ready to form his government, and we'll see where it goes. From the Aljamainer, 38 House Republicans sent letter questioning Biden administration aid to Palestinians. 38 House Republicans sent a letter to Secretary of State Blinken questioning whether Biden admin aid to the Palestinians violated the spirit, if not the letter, of the Taylor Force Act, which prohibits U.S. aid to the Palestinian Authority so long as it continues to pay salaries to terrorists and to the families of deceased terrorists. As I said, he's been sending them money, and he says, well, it's not for this particularly. It doesn't matter. It all goes into one thing or another, and they move this movie over here. Biden is paying the Palestinians to kill Jews, is what's happening. As of July, this admin has provided half a billion dollars in taxpayer funding to the Palestinian Authority, and the White House recently announced an additional contribution of $316 million of your dollars to something that is totally illegal. In offering hundreds of millions of dollars for the purpose of economic assistance, we are concerned that these funds are tragically enabling the Palestinian Authority's payments to terrorists and the families of terrorists who kill innocent Americans and people of Jewish descent, also commonly referred to as pay-to-slay. In clear violation of the law, Biden has provided more than half a billion dollars to the PA, putting America, Israel, and our Western allies at risk. This lawless administration must be held accountable, say these Republicans. Okay. Yeah, that'll be the day. Uh, Just like the elections that are, you know, we had, it was like 207 to 180, and all of a sudden it's 201. I, I mean, it's just getting... We're not winning any of these 30 or 40 uncalled seats. They got the Senate, and they're going to get the House by doing this, and the Republicans will do nothing. Nothing. Oh, but there's no cheating. There's no cheating. I'm sorry. If it takes three or four months. If it takes three or four months to count those Democrat votes. Oh, oh, it's just insane what's happening in this nation. They just rode off Florida, made it look like we don't care because they knew that they could do this in all these other locations. From the Indian Express, Hyderabad infrastructure company to build Mongolia's first greenfield oil refinery. Hyderabad-based Mega Engineering and Infrastructures Limited has bagged a project to build Mongolia's first greenfield oil refinery on the outskirts of the capital city, Ulaanbaatar. The project is aimed at reducing the East Asian country's dependency on Russian oil imports. The company would provide engineering, procurement, and construction services and captive power plants at a cost of $790 million using advanced technology. The project is part of the Development Partnership Administration Initiative of India's Ministry of External Affairs. Well, if they start producing a lot of oil and they're not dependent on Russia, Russia can just go down and take them over. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From American Military News, China completes its own space station. See it here, and they give you great pictures of it. Okay, Um, I didn't even know they were building their own space station. That's how out of it I was on this subject. China successfully launched and docked the final module of its Tiangong space station. 
The space station's completion comes as China is seeking to overtake the United States as the dominant global power, and as some U.S. officials believe, China has already surpassed the U.S. in some aspects of space technology. <laughs> the final module for the Tiangong space station, the Mengtian Lab, which translates to Dreaming of the Heavens, launched and docked with the Chinese space station 13 hours later. Footage first shared by the Chinese state-run China Central Television and reshared by Space.com showed the final module docking with the space station. The completion of the Tiangong space station comes about a year and a half after China launched the first portion of the station, known as Tianhe, on April 21, 2021. Tianhe means Harmony of the Heavens and served as the core module for which the other portions of the station would connect. Tiangong itself means Heaven's Palace. The new Mengtian module will serve as the secondary lab module for the station. The first lab module, known as Wentian, which is Quest for the Heavens, I think they got to think about the heavens here, connected to Tianhe in July of this year. China raised some tension with the international community over its handling of Tiangong's construction. The various rocket boosters that carried Tiangong's modules up into orbit have crashed back down to Earth in a manner that risked landing on populated areas. Now, that's something I knew about. They keep dropping these things all over the world with no care where they land. But I didn't realize it was for building a space station, so that makes it excusable, I suppose. Last year, Chinese officials criticized the U.S. and private space entrepreneur Elon Musk for a SpaceX rocket that they alleged had a close encounter with China's Tiangong station. While the U.S. and China are competing in civilian space advancements, U.S. officials have also warned that China is developing a number of space-capable weapons. Last year, U.S. Space Force General David Thompson, who is the Vice Chief of Space Operations, said the U.S. and its allies are still the best in the world in terms of overall space technology, but that China has advanced at a greater pace than the U.S. and in terms of hypersonic weapons, the U.S. has actually fallen behind. I would say way, way, way behind. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the Book of Revelation prophesies of. Let's see what we got here. From the Daily Caller, countries that pursued zero COVID lockdowns like the United States have the least immunity from the virus, report finds. Shocking. The Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington's School of Medicine estimates that China, they've locked down more than anybody else, which currently has more than 230 million residents in lockdown due to the virus, has the lowest level of immunity to COVID-19 in the entire world. Russia, Singapore, and Brazil are estimated to have the highest levels of immunity. Researchers estimate immunity rates based on infection numbers, vaccination rates, and the time that has passed since either of the two events. Based on those metrics, only 17.2% of the Chinese population had immunity from COVID-19 as of October 3rd. Russia had an estimated immunity of 74.5%. Singapore followed at 69.9% and Brazil at 68%. Japan, which also has implemented strict lockdown measures, has an estimated immunity of only 38.9%. The U.S. currently sits at 60.5%.
Putin urged his people to return to normal life early in the pandemic, taking the opposite approach of neighboring China. As a result, the IMHE believes 100% of Russians have contracted COVID-19 at some point. From Rare, exposed, leaked hospital email reveals explosion of stillbirths. Pfizer's own numbers showed that 28 out of 29 pregnant women lost their baby. A leaked email from a Fresno, California hospital has revealed stillbirth rates have risen dramatically. The staff member who leaked the email said that the increase coincides with the rollout of the experimental COVID vaccines. The email, which was sent to hospital staff, states that the trend is expected to continue. It also said that there were 22 stillborns in August of 2022, and so far in September there have been seven, and it was only the eighth day of the month. According to the employee, fetal deaths after the rollout of COVID vaccines were through the roof. She said it used to be one to two deaths every three months in the hospital. Now they're having seven in the first eight days of a month. Mail online. America will still demand proof of COVID vaccination to enter the country in 2023, making it the only country in the West. That you can come over the southern border, 5.5 million of you, and not be vaccinated, not even be offered a vaccination, but you cannot fly into the United States legally without a COVID vaccination. The U.S. is one of the last countries to hold on to the rule alongside China. It directly contradicts CDC document treating unvaccinated and vaccinated the same. CDC's Dr. Rochelle Walensky has admitted that vaccines can't prevent the spread. So why have people go through all this rigmarole just to come into the United States of America? Money and control and power. From Evie. Author Julie Powell dies from a heart attack one year after tweeting how COVID-19 kills some of the right people and anti-vaxxers maskers are dying in legions. Actually, it was just the opposite. Now she's dead and she's a young lady. I call that vax overdose from Gateway Pundit. 1.1 million chickens to be killed at Iowa egg farm due to bird flu infection. Zero Hedge, UK orders all poultry and captive birds indoors amid largest ever bird flu outbreak. (sighs) Morality is declining. From the Daily Caller, school official removes students' American flag despite pride flag displays across campus. School officials at Trinity College in Connecticut removed two patriotic flags hanging from a student's dorm while seemingly allowing other students to hang pride flags. Yeah, human events. Ohio Education Board Vice President insists biological sex is not a scientific fact. NBC. Yeah. Tokyo begins recognizing same-sex partnerships. Gay marriage is still illegal in Japan, but 200 municipalities now recognize same-sex partnerships. Gateway Pundit. University of Chicago plans winter class the problem of whiteness. Well, I'd say having that during the winter is a real problem because they get a lot of snow up there. These people are mentally deranged. I'm sorry, but the people on the left in this nation are deranged. They're mentally unsound individuals. From Newsmax, 
federal appeals court upholds beauty pageant transgender prohibition. Good. The Hill, Florida Medical Board's vote to ban gender-affirming care for transgender youth. Good. And guess what? We've got a governor for the next four years that will support every one of these type of decisions. First thing we need to do is make sure that they get in there and work towards a Second Amendment total right for us to have open carry, as many guns as we want, as big as we want, wherever we want, anytime we want. That's what they need to work on. Just to stick it in people's faces. That's all. Yeah, you know, I, I will say, you, you mentioned that. When I was in high school, and I know I've said this before, and I don't mean to bore you, but I want to remind you of this. When I was in high school at Riverview High School, right down the road here, we had all these different groups of people. We had the surfers, we had the druggies, we had the, you know, the jocks, and we had the rednecks. Everybody remember the rednecks? Okay. Oh, yeah. They're called rednecks because their necks were red because they worked outside all the time. Good people. Okay. Every single one of them, as a rite of initiation, had a pickup truck. If you didn't have a pickup truck, you were not a true redneck. And the second thing that you had to have to be a redneck was a gun rack in the back of your pickup truck. And the more guns that you had on that rack, the higher level you were. And they drove to school with their guns on those racks, and not one of those trucks was locked. Not one. And there was never a problem at our school. People brought guns to school. They'd carry them into school and show them to their friends. No problem. This is a left-leaning problem in this nation. The mentally deranged left has caused these problems in our nation. Okay, that's why I'm just picking on the gun lobby is because it just makes me angry that our tradition and our heritage is being robbed from us by these people. All right, Gateway Pundit. Joe Biden claims he personally spoke to the man who invented insulin. The scientist who discovered insulin died before Biden was born. Gateway Pundit. Joe Biden says his son, Beau, died of cancer minutes after he said his son died in the Iraq war. Mail online. Biden earns a bottomless, there's no end to it, a bottomless Pinocchio rating from the Washington Post for a series of debunked and misleading claims on gas prices, Social Security, and Xi Jinping. Okay, I'm not even done with this yet, but I want you to know that there is no way that what has happened in the elections on Tuesday is right. There's none. From Fox, Twitter fact checks Biden gas price claim. Breitbart, CNN fact checks Joe Biden on several false misleading claims he's made while campaigning. Zero Hedge, Biden betrayed as CNN, New York Times, fact checkers set stage for downfall. And all of a sudden, there's no downfall. From the Daily Caller, Joe Biden has signs of dementia. Ben Carson says, now Ben Carson, does anybody here know what he did for a living? Brain surgeon. He says in an informal assessment, Biden, the oldest president in American history, has refused to publicly undergo a mental acuity test, despite polls indicating that a majority of Americans are concerned about his mental health. 54 House Republicans called on Biden in July to take a cognitive test amid the concern and said that all presidents should follow the example of former President Trump in publishing the results. When pressed on why he has not taken the test, Biden attacked the question saying, Why the blank would I take a test? 
and telling the reporter that it's the same as him taking a cocaine test. Well, I would agree, probably. Biden being combative about taking a mental acuity test is a sign that he could be suffering from cognitive decline, Carson said, adding that he thinks Biden is pretty sure the the records won't show he wants them to show. So that's typical of people in early stages of decline to become aggressive and very defensive about who they are. It tells you that they know a little bit about what's going on. They don't want you to know, the former presidential candidate said. This guy would know from JTN. Washington Post publishes op-ed calling on Biden-Harris to drop out in 2024. The left-wing Washington Post published an op-ed calling for Biden and Harris to rule themselves out of a presidential campaign for the Democrat nomination in 2024. Pointing to the litany of recent gaffes, columnist George Will, he's a neocon, said that Joe Biden should not seek another term. In explaining his position, Will observed moments in which Biden claimed his own son, Bo Biden, had died in Iraq instead of from cancer six years after serving there. He further took exception to Biden's claim that he had secured congressional passage of student loan forgiveness, which he enacted via executive order and is currently blocked by the courts. Biden was not merely again embellishing his achievements. This is not just another of his verbal fender benders. There is no less than dismaying explanation for his complete confusion. What vote? Who voted? It's frightening that Biden does not know or remember what he recently did regarding an immensely important policy. He must be presumed susceptible to future episodes of similar bewilderment. He should leave the public stage on, no, he said 2025. I say no, he needs to go now. That represents the formal end of his four-year term. Will, known as a conservative intellectual and a harsh critic of Donald Trump, had harsher words for Harris, saying Democrats should promptly face the fact, and this one. An Everest of evidence shows that Harris is starkly unqualified to be considered as his successor. Her style betrays a self-satisfied exaggeration of her aptitudes. Lacking natural talent, she needs to prepare, but evidently doesn't. Complacency and arrogance make a ruinous compound. Harris's approval rating is underwater, with an average of 37.2% of Americans approving of her. She is less popular than both Biden and Trump, President Trump, who currently stands. From the Washington Examiner. Nobody wants Harris. DeSantis says Biden nominated vice president as insurance against the 25th Amendment. Mail online. Yes. U.S. Marine drill instructor. This just fires me up. This makes me so angry reading this. U.S. Marine drill instructor should face charges over 2021 death of recruit. Investigation rules. 19-year-old collapsed while doing extra physical training in 90 degree heat. The war has to be put on hold because it's 92 degrees out. They want to prosecute this guy for having this guy go through training in 90 degree heat. (laughs) PFC Dalton Beals, 19, died on June 4th, 2021 during the crucible phase of recruit training at Paris Island, where it gets hot, folks. Beals from New Jersey died from overheating after he was made to do extra physical training, even though the temperature was in the 90s. 
On Monday, a Paris Island spokesman confirmed the internal investigation into Beale's death had been completed. The commander of the base will now consider whether to follow the report, which includes recommendations as to referral of court-martial charges. The drill instructor involved has not been named, but the report found he did not have maturity, temperament, and leadership skills for the job. They want to court-martial somebody for having somebody do training. Listen, that's what you did when you messed up in the U.S. Air Force. I mean, not even that. The Air Force, you went out and did extra training. That's an assault on the military. That it, it is. It's an assault on the U.S. military. But this is. Probably, there's probably something more to that. There could be, but it doesn't report that. I understand that. I it doesn't report anything else in that article, and that's why I'm upset about it. Is that's all they reported? I have no idea beyond that, and I do understand that. But the fact is that the guy died, and they want to court martial him, and that's all the information they give to bring a charge against the U.S. militaries. Like Mom said, that's all that is. Having something out there where you don't have all the details, right. it's wrong. The entire thing is wrong from the expose. Rumble says, no. Rumble, the alternative yeah. to YouTube. Yeah. Rumble says no to French government censorship. The team at Rumble Video Platform have taken a strong position in defense of free speech, an open internet, and the protection of a diverse public square. Apparently, the French government demanded that Rumble remove content the government does not support. Rumble said, no. You're only 1% of our revenue. We don't need you. And they cut him off. Breitbart. Nearly 600 killed in Lori Lightfoot's Chicago thus far in 2022. 600 people. Breitbart. New York City crime statistics. Rape is up 10.9%. Robbery is up 32.4%. Burglary is up 29.1%. And grand larceny is up 38.5%. Who said it? Reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. President George Washington in his farewell address. That's all been thrown to the wind by these Democrats. All of it. Got a lesser here for you. Let's see if you can figure what he's talking about. It's presumed that Joe Biden is prez, but you cannot believe what he says. Do you think he's in a trance? Just ask President Nance. She keeps all of that under her fez. Okay, I've got one irony here for you today, and if I don't get a couple this week, I won't have any for you next week. So sometimes there's irony abounding, and sometimes you have to really scrape things up. But this one is sad. I understand death is sad, but it is ironic. Okay, anytime I see somebody going out onto I-75 on his big Harley, and he's the coolest cat in town, and he's not wearing a helmet, I say, that guy's an idiot. I'm sorry. If you want to be cool, that's I've lost friends because they weren't wearing helmets. Okay. From Tampa Bay. Attorney who fought Florida helmet laws died in motorcycle crash while not wearing one. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.